Captain DeBridge. Spock here. Make it so. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk. We are all explorers, driven to know what's over the horizon, what's beyond our own shores. We would have helped you get home if you had asked. That's who Starfleet is. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to a special patron-only episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. And joining me today are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thanks. Folks, CBS All Access recently launched this new animated Star Trek series called Star Trek Lower Decks. And as a special benefit to patrons, we're discussing our first impressions of each episode and sharing them first exclusively with you, our patrons. The latest episode is called Crisis Point. And so that's what we'll be discussing today. Uh, so as this episode begins, it, it's, uh, what's it, Mariner is on the surface of a planet freeing the lizard men, <laughs> lizard men from rat oppression. Uh, so basically uh, <laughs> some sort of first contact or second contact situation. And uh, Captain Freeman shows up and says, nope, Mariner, you made a mistake. You're not supposed to free them because of the prime directive. And there's actually a an interesting Star Trek Discovery interaction here, because like the Ba'ul and the Kelpians, the rat people mm -hmm. prey on the lizard people who are trained to like it or something. And although Mariner points out to them, you know, they could, now that they're free of rat oppression, just like bask in the sun like lizards, like they want to do. It's like, ooh, that <laughs> sounds good. And, and I love how... Uh, after sending uh after sending Mariner back to the ship, uh Captain Freeman is talking to the rat and lizard people and it's like, look, will you guys stop eating them if we just give you replicators? Do they do food pellets? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, did you notice that the rat people look a lot like the Antikins from Next Gen? Yeah. Lonely Among Us. I think I think that might have been on purpose. Uh, um, so when Mar when Freeman tells Mariner that she was shouldn't have done this, Mariner like flies off the handle, like freaks out, um, and uh, Freeman orders her not to the brig as Mariner thought she was going to. But to therapy, <laughs> at which point, like, that's the worst, the worst fate than the brig. And, well, uh, well, we already oh, know that Mariner likes the brig because she, yeah. she said when she was last sent there, it's like, I like the brig. I want to go there. <laughs> yeah, she she wants to go to the brig because it feeds her, you know, her rogue persona. Yes. She, oh, yep. I'm in the brig. Right. And so basically this episode is about Mariner's anger issues with her mom. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, which we've been building up all season long. And. And as a, to remind us, nobody else knows, nobody else on the ship knows at this point that Mariner is is the captain's daughter. This right. is something that they should have stressed earlier in the season. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I did not realize that that this was a secret. I thought everybody on the ship knew that she's the captain's daughter. And if they if they should have set that up better in an earlier episode um, like in the initial conversation between the admiral, her father, and and the captain, her mother, right. there should have been a line about now have have we been keep has the secret been successfully kept or something, right? Right. 
yeah, there's it could because it, it doesn't make any sense. Why is this officer so insubordinate and gets away with it with this captain and all that sort of stuff? Uh, uh, the, so she has to go to the ship's counselor, who we're told makes nonstop food related metaphors and continues to do so, which is kind of funny. Oh. Uh, he puts all of his patients in a real pickle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to the heart of the episode where Boimler has made a holodeck program with a perfect simulation of the ship and crew because he's prepping for a performance review and is trying to figure out how to suck up to the captain, ideally. Uh, but Mariner hijacks it and turns it into a hollow movie called Crisis Point, The Rise of Vindicta. Uh, and uh, so we see the like they're standing there and the credits are flying by just like in Star Trek. Uh, I think Wrath of Khan. And, mm-hmm. and in yeah. fact, we hear the yeah, from- theme music is the Wrath of Khan theme music. Well, yeah, and, and from this point on, there are so many Star Trek movie puns and, and in, yeah. Easter in eggs. jokes. Yeah. And, it's, it, yeah. and it's not a single Star Trek movie. It's all of the classic Star Trek movies, the original six, and maybe yep. even some J.J. Abrams stuff. Well, there's but, there's lots of lens oh, flares, so that's definitely an Abrams. <laughs> yeah, 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 there's there's the Abrams lens flares. There's also the uh, Generations landing of the Enterprise. Yep. Crashing yeah, on the yeah, surface. Here, yeah, crashing. Sort of. Um, <laughs> there is, there's the inordinately long tour of the exterior of the ship yes. from Star Trek, the motion picture. There are the signatures over the closing credits like Star Trek six. Yep. So they're really parodying the entire Trek movie franchise. Yes. Well, even, even the, the feel changes to a, a movie feel. So like there's the scratches on the film and you'll see the cigarette burns, the little dots that let you know when to flip reels. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Those kind of pop up throughout. And, you know, so there's, there's, it, they, they, it changes to much, much more of a, a movie feel right right they're very clearly a lot of these minors like subtle indications uh some not so subtle so the the yep. the plot of the hollow movie is that the admiral which is mariner's dad is sending the cerritos on this mission to investigate a imposter starfleet vessel but it turns out um it's a klingon battle cruiser and its captain is mariner playing vindicta vengeance personified and she's working out her mother issues uh and the fact that her mother hides behind her rules in this really over the top anger angry phase way i i like when they send them on the mission to this planet the admiral is is telling her that they had a really good we got this report from this planet that they had a really good contact with the san clemente but Star Trek doesn't have a San Clemente. <laughs> right. Yep. So he says, whoever second contacted them was an imposter. And I love that use of the verb second contacted. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so everybody's San, Cle- yeah. San, San Clemente, by the way, is a, is a city just up the coast from San Diego here mm-hmm. that is famous for having been the retirement home of Richard Nixon. Right. Oh. Yeah. I can't wait till there's the USS Yorba Linda. That will be a fun one. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's where where Nixon grew yes. up. Uh, oh, also, also, Boimler is not on board with this movie hijacking of his Hollow program. Right. So he he he's initially offered a role in the movie, and there's a joke that Mariner tells. She says, "Well, because he's resisting, is well, you may be like Zahn then, not make the final cut, <laughs> right?" And and he doesn't know who that is. Well, Zahn was a character. That was planned for Star Trek, uh, the next for Star Trek Phase Two, which was 
what the series they were planning to do, a live action series they were planning to do before Star Trek, the motion picture. Right. And the pilot of they were going to launch a television network just like they did with Voyager, but um, or Enterprise, uh, but they ended up turning it into a movie instead. And they didn't know if Nimoy was going to reprise the role of Spock. So they created a new Vulcan science officer, a young man named Zahn, who would be be befriended by Dr. McCoy. Right. Mm. So instead of having the antagonistic relationship, they'd have a friendship. And, um, and then when Leonard Nimoy agreed to do the motion picture, Zahn didn't end up making the final cut in the movie, although there was some scenes that were filmed with him. Right. That's right. Right. Uh, He must have been the one that died in the transporter beam. Died. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yep. So uh, so they all have roles like Tendi and Rutherford have roles on the on Vindicta's ship and her crew. Um, Tendi eventually bristles at Mariner's Orion slaver pirate stereotypes the, the the fact that like she's because thinking, many because many of them haven't been slaves for upwards of five years <laughs> right. yeah. I, I that's a great subversion it's a double subversion of that trope yes. because you've got the overplaying the stereotype but then we're also with we're with the right hand we're taking away part of the stereotype but with the left hand we're admitting yes <laughs> it's many it's, of them still are pirates <laughs> many of them still are pirates and those who aren't have only not been pirates for five years Ste- <laughs> stereotypes uh, often have a basis in reality uh, so yeah like you said Boimler's not on board with the hijacking of his of his program and so he spends the movie the hollow movie trying to accomplish his goal which is just to find out how to suck up to the captain uh for his his performance yep. review that's coming up uh rutherford at one point finds out that he can talk to his boss in this hollow movie however he wants without consequences so he confronts him and calls him the best engineer in starfleet and gushes at him and says you're wonderful <laughs> which is more of that subverting yeah, yeah. of tropes that we get <laughs> yep. um I love the uh, I love the, the the reference to the the Incredibles where Vindicta comes out of the their little elevator escape oh, yeah. pod thingy and her cape catches and of course that's reference to Incredibles no capes no capes <laughs> uh, Tendi gets eventually gets freaked out by how bloodthirsty Mariner gets killing the hollow simulations of their friends on the crew uh, she's like way over the top in the, her bloodthirstiness um, yeah and I agree there's a so I understand the trajectory this episode is launched on is mm-hmm. this is going to be surrogate therapy for Mariner and she's going to work her through her feelings in this holodeck thing in a way that will ultimately let her relate to her mom in a better fashion. Yes. I get that and that's fine. But I agree with Tendi. She's taken it too far. Right, yeah. There is a moment where now there's a, we do get a confrontation between Mariner and her mom on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And Zappin hollow characters is one thing, but she punches her mom right. in, yeah. in holographic form. And it's like and then she takes this giant. I don't know what it is, broken pipe or something kind that has a sharp, sort, yeah. sharp end that she's going to stab her mom with, yeah. you know, harpoon her <laughs> with this thing. And and it's like, OK, I'm sorry. Punching your mom, even in holograph form, is over the yes. line. Yeah. And and I began to be quite uncomfortable with the how far 
the character of Mariner was taken as. And one of the things that she points out in the beginning is, is like she she made it ultra realistic. She she harvested all of their personal journals for the past ten years. And, the, and well, that was uh, well, that Boimler was Boimler Boimler did that. Did that. Aren't those private? <laughs> Someone says. Yeah. And so these are yeah. these characters are you know act and feel and behave exactly as they normally would. And at that point, including Mariner herself, right, including Mariner herself, Hollow Mariner shows up and at the last minute and saves her mom and takes on Vindicta, uh, which is just kind of confusing to the real Mariner. Like, why are you taking her side? Um, and uh, the real Mariner tells her hollow double, you only break rules because you know, that's what everyone expects. If you really were a, a bad at a, you'd do the hard thing and just be a good officer. They're not casting you as a villain. You are. And so she's sort of talking to herself there. Um, but mm-hmm. it's but so we get this reveal of who Mariner really is and how she sees herself there. Yeah. And they both score points on each other because Vindicta to Hollow Mariner is like, I know everything about you. I know you secretly like the warp core. She's, yeah. Oh, no. You take that back. The warp core is so lame. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but in the end, the, the Hollow Mariner tells her that she loves being on the ship, that she knows her mom is protecting her in the only way she knows how. And she was she was only letting herself get beat up to buy time so that everyone else could get off the ship and Vindicta wouldn't notice the self-destruct timer, which is a reference to Star Trek through the search for Spock. <laughs> but yep. but uh, mm-hmm. and in the end, the therapy therapy works, Mariner proclaims, and she's worked through her issues with her mom. Also, Star Trek three, where they actually blow it up. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, uh, in the uh, so um, also. Boimler manages to find out. So we have this memorial ceremony with the hollow Captain Freeman memorializes the her hollow daughter who is now dead and reveals that it's her daughter. And so Boimler now finds out this secret and now has to carry this secret in his head that he can't bear to because it's against the rules. Um, and he, he also finds out that the real Freeman would cashier out anyone who would reveal this secret. Um, so his anxiety factor is like turned up to 11 because of he now knows this secret and it's tearing him apart and this is something they should have set up earlier this is a flaw in the writing yeah they should have set this up earlier in the season that nobody knew this they should have really pounded that nail a couple of times on the head to make it clear to the audience so that this moment wouldn't come out of the blue and would have more meaning right uh it also ends up tanking his interview with the captain because his, his anxiety gets the best of him in this interview that he's been preparing for. Um, so and then the episode ends with a photon torpedo uh, to uh, to photon torpedo casing opening up on the world where the Cerritos had crashed and Vindicta rises from it like Star Trek three and hollow Da Vinci from the sheet skeet shooting simulation earlier shoots her and says, not on my watch in the terrible Italian accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's that uh and the, that's where the episode ends so uh overall uh, i think another it's it has set up the season finale where now we have to have the reveal yep. of you know and boimler and and mariner dealing with the fact that mariner is the captain's daughter uh overall thoughts on this episode uh, i enjoyed it there there's one there's a reference as a mariner hollow mariner is being beaten up by real mariner uh that Hollow Mariner would dress up as Toby the Targ even when she was too old to do it. Would dress <laughs> yes. up for Halloween. Toby the Targ comes from a Voyager episode. I think it's the one where it's the Doctor does the photons be free. Oh, okay. Toby, Toby the Targ was like a kid's hollow 
novel that was like super popular on earth and so she would dress up as this character for halloween that's funny okay okay i i didn't enjoy this episode as much as i have other ones yeah i thought this was a step down in the writing and and it had a lot of good bits in it i love the fact that the hollow characters you know since they're not vic fontaine they don't know their hollow characters (laughs) yes and so they don't recognize the players in the program as who they really are. And so when you have Mariner as Vindicta confronting hollow Captain Freeman, she starts, you know, inappropriately intruding into dialogue, her real life feelings about her mom. Like, why do you always have to treat me this way and stuff? And, and hollow Freeman in character says, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> right. Because yeah. she she wouldn't. And Vindicta says, exactly. Which is really nicely yep. meta there. Yeah. She says, exactly. You don't know who I am. That was good. That was good. Um, I, I did. I, I did forget one one thing. Um, they did when Tendi left the hollow holodeck. They did something that you. It's much yeah. easier to do an animation in the real life where she's covered in gore, blood, yeah. basically blood and guts and everything. And as she walks out the holodeck, all that disappears. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And it's of course it's something you could do with CGI or whatever, but it's so much easier to do an animation. Right. You're already. And you really don't see that. You really don't see that in you know like TNG or anything like that with the, the holodecks doing that kind of effect. Yeah. It is consistent, though, with like in the original Cyrus Red Block uh, Mm -hmm. or Sydney Green Street uh, (laughs) episode. When he tries to leave the holodeck, he disintegrates. That's right. That's right. Uh, The the character, the the character, what was it? The one who played Boimler's role on the ship, you know, in the that Shimbo Shimp. Shimpo. Yeah, he yeah. was from an earlier episode where he was doing the the uh, talent show uh, that was going over really poorly. He was play, performing. Uh, hmm. uh, so he yeah. he was playing Boimler's role and dies dies early in the movie. So yeah, very brutally. <laughs> yes, which is what would have happened to Boimler. Anyway, all right. So uh, we should uh, wrap things up there. Uh, we do want to take a moment to thank you, our patrons, who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. We could not do this without your continued financial support. So thank you. Uh, That's it from us. What did you think of Crisis Point? You can let us know by visiting this post on Patreon and leaving some feedback or send us an email to trek at sqpn.com. You can always subscribe to The Secrets of Star Trek by visiting sqpn.com slash trek. Until next time, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Star Trek. Thanks, Tom. Live long and prosper and warp me. (laughs) And Father Corey Stika, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, if this was really happening, they'd send the Enterprise. But, you know, artistic license.